You're listening to How You Do in Bay County, a mental health matters podcast with a local twist. Hi, and welcome to How You Do in Bay County. I'm Amy Bright, Executive Director of Alignment Bay County, and uh, otherwise known as ABC. And co-hosting with me today is ABC board member and community advocate, Sonia Coldwell. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share a little background information on how this podcast came to be. How You Do in Bay County is an initiative by Alignment Bay County, and we're a local nonprofit collective impact organization. We're focused on youth success from cradle to career, and one way we do that is by supporting families and our community as a whole. We all know that Hurricane Michael was a traumatic event for all of us. One thing that we and our partner organizations observed was that after the hurricane, both children and adults struggled with their mental health and positive well-being. The other thing we noticed was friends, acquaintances, neighbors asking each other, how you doing? It's such a simple question, but filled with meaning and sincerity. That question, along with the stress of hurricane recovery, and let's add in the global pandemic, you know, into that mix, that inspired us to create a local mental health resource. First, a website, howyoudoing.org, which has a local behavioral health directory as well as other resources, and this podcast, How You Do in Bay County. Our goal is to make finding behavioral health resources easier for our community and bring awareness that your mental health matters. On today's episode, we're talking with Dawn Capes and Ken Chisholm of Bay District Schools Student Wellness Programs about challenges students face, the impact these mental health challenges have on education, and what resources are available locally. Welcome, Dawn and Ken. Thank you. Thanks for having us today. You're very welcome. And how are you doing? You know, I, like everybody, I want to say, you know what, I'm fine. But it's funny you ask that because just yesterday morning, I woke up and I was like, ugh, Monday. I just don't want to. I don't want a Monday. And I, as soon as I woke up, I said, you know what, no, I'm not going to start my day or my week like that. So I said, you know, I'm grateful for the chance to get to go to work. I'm grateful for this morning and that my I have my health. And I'm grateful for this cup of coffee that I'm about to have that's going to help me kickstart my day. So I really felt like I had to set a personal tone for myself, just that immediate upon awakening, just how, how am I grateful? And it was everything from larger things to just a simple cup of coffee that I needed to be grateful for that day. Awesome, Don, and thank you for giving us that first tool for the day as well. And Ken? Well, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You know, one of the things that we've done in our family is taken the step necessary to take care of ourselves. You know, we are spending more time with grandchildren as we can. We are getting out and enjoying what Bay County has to offer. Yes, we're right in the middle of still trying to rebuild from the hurricane, right in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, both uh, my wife and I work in the school system, and so we see firsthand every day the impact this has had on our students. Um, but again, thank you for asking. And thank you, both of you, for sharing the tools of having a daily mantra, starting your day with something positive, and just keeping your family and having that cohesiveness around you. So now let's ramp up and look at what are some of the mental health challenges that students are facing right now here in Bay County. Well, first, to understand the challenges, we have to understand that stress is caused by change. 
and we have been through a lot of change in the last couple of years. The devastation caused by Hurricane Michael and now the pandemic have brought significant stressors for our students and our families. You know, many of our students and families are not prepared to cope with the level of disruption in their lives. And those coping skills, as you, you see them coming back into the school system, as um, the, the district, I know, under the student wellness programs, you have some structures now. I know when they were getting ready to come back in, you've got the teachers, they're kind of stressed as well. For the teachers and the students, what are some things that you are creating for them to utilize in the classroom and at home? Well, I think if we start first with our teachers, um, one of the things that we're trying to make sure all teachers are aware of is what we have an educator's EAP. Um, it's an educator's assistance program. That's a, a, a hotline, really, that teachers can call. They can also go online to receive resources on any number of topics from uh, budgets to health to managing stress. But at the other end of that hotline number, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is an educator who also has um, a mental health background. So when our educators call and they have, um, they want to share about their day, the person on the other end of the phone understands school. So they understand the special stress that that comes with that. And then they can help those people, um, whoever calls, through their stressors. And that is, it is free through our EAP that they can call and receive access to help. And for some people, that will be enough. That first phone call, um, I believe they can get three phone calls um, to receive assistance. And if it, okay. if it goes beyond that, then they can tap into our local resources um, to have them uh, receive, receive additional support that they may need. And how do the teachers find out about that? Is that something that's within that they know is available or do they have to seek it out first and then find out about it? Uh, we've tried to publicize it, but we also have going out this week, they went out today, a flyer that has that information on it. Um, they can also access that on the employee tab of our wellness, um, I'm sorry, of the Bay District Schools web page is what I'm trying to spit out. Um, so they can access it that way. Um, that flyer is going out to educators and our staff. And it also includes our um, Marathon Wellness Center that we have. There's a, a staff member there who is a mental health professional who can assist. And then there's also, if they choose to pro have an outside provider, a private provider, then we also have directions for how they can access their own insurance in order to get um, additional help as well. Okay, and all of this is for the educators and the administrative personnel. Yes, ma'am. That's great to know that they have those tools available because we do need to have them healthy first to help the kids. Absolutely. And what are some other things going on, Ken, along with that program? I know you have another, is that part of the triad program I've been hearing a little bit about? So we do have, sorry, Ken, we I'm do sorry. have for our students our triads as well. So go ahead, Ken. Yeah, and, and the triads are our resource, not just for our students, but for our teachers. Okay. Uh, and so. And how do those work? I I'm, I don't know what triad means. Can you break that down for me and explain what a triad is, how it works, how the students access it, and the teachers? Right. Well, the the term triad, of course, indicates three, and that was okay. our goal, was to try to place three professionals in every school, and we met that in most of our schools. Okay. Uh, we've been very fortunate to be able to place that team of professionals in, in the schools. Um, those, those professionals help identify students in need, and then they are 
they are very, they are available to them to provide both individual and group services uh, tailored to what the student needs, both emotionally and behaviorally. Will you share with us maybe some of the success stories that the triads are having? I know that um, stress and anxiety in children can um, come out in different ways in the classroom and probably be pretty disruptive and impacts the rest of the class and the teacher and just the whole day. Yeah, I guess to preface that, it'll be important to know that, you know, I've heard from several teachers and administrators that since the hurricane, they have seen just a drastic increase in behavioral manifestations of, of some of the emotion, particularly anxiety, depression, anger, frustration, you know, coming out in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And with these triad members, uh, they're immediately available to help alleviate the crisis from you know, escalating into something that we don't want to have happened. Uh, they have been very successful in that. Um, I've spoken with several students who, who who said this was the first time that they actually had someone that they felt like they could talk to and express those feelings in, in a safe environment, uh, and that, that will help. Do they take the student out of the classroom, out of the environment, and have kind of a moment to maybe calm down and express what they're feeling? something like that? Yes, certainly. That's definitely an option. Sometimes they can manage those things within the classroom. They'll Fantastic. Offer, offer support to the to the students and the teachers within the classroom as well. Because mm-hmm. our whole goal with this is to, what the term we use is de-escalate. We mm-hmm. want to de-escalate the situation so that, like, like Ken said, they either right in the classroom, I can help, or I can just take the kid outside. Because sometimes what the kiddo might need is just an opportunity to just you know, take a break, mm-hmm. um, walk around, have somebody with a little bit of training, a lot of training in some of the cases on how to have them help de-escalate it and ultimately get them back to the classroom because that's the goal. We want to calm them down so they can re-engage in the educational opportunity that's being provided to them. And I want to ask, what, what impact do these mental health challenges have on learning and on the actual education that's happening in the classroom? I think at its most basic level, if you think about anxiety, that that worried up type feeling and depression, you know, feeling sad and blue and how it manifests itself in symptoms where it will directly impact education are things like concentration, uh, energy level, sleep and appetite disturbance, um, you know, memory disturbance. Those are things that directly impact students no matter what age and teachers as well. And would you also add to that, Ken, you know, that then also can present itself as frustration, which then when I'm frustrated, if you're uh, amongst other students, the last thing you sometimes want to reveal to other people is you are frustrated or you are anxious, um, you're you're worried or nervous. You don't want anybody else to see that. So it presents itself as a different way and it might be acting out. But at the root of it is some of the um, items that, you know, feelings that Ken indicated as well. Yeah, those of us who have raised adolescents have mm-hmm. experienced that firsthand, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> um, you know, you got to love adolescents. They have to go through that to become adults, they right? Do. They and do. But, you know, when an adolescent is not feeling well, nobody's going to feel well, exactly. right? And so that does manifest itself. That irritability will manifest itself behaviorally. And then what are some signs to look for? Because many times parents miss these signs, you know, we know sometimes when the grades are slipping, but what are some other signs that parents can be looking for right now? Well, with very young children, um, they'll may, they may cry more frequently uh, and require more reassurance. Uh, preschool age, they're more prone to what we call regression. You know, when you thought you had 
the, the, the potty training taken care of and that pacifier gone or that bottle gone, they will regress uh, back in and look for those safety items, okay. you know. Safety um, is a very important word. I hear both of you using safety. And tell me, you know, you hear safety. I'm in real estate, so safety to me is a a, 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 a lock a, on the door, right? Right, a lock <laughs> on the door, uh, a, a home. But safety, when you're looking at socioeconomic mental health issues, what does safety mean in your field? Well, for Bay District schools, safety means having a place that is nurturing and safe for a child to learn to develop appropriate social skills uh, and to have basically sometimes a respite from some very difficult things that are going on at home. I mean, you think about, I mentioned earlier, the changes that we've experienced since the hurricane and now the pandemic. We have people still living in campers. Uh, I was talking to a child uh, just a few weeks ago who who has moved and changed schools about a dozen times. Mm. You know, so sometimes school is the safest place. And then within those classrooms that our students are in, we want a safe zone for them. And you know what, we're also trying to encourage our teachers and students to engage in conversation so that we know how each of us is doing. Mm -hmm. To go back to the topic, how you doing? Because when we talk to each other and we realize, wow, I didn't realize that you've moved 12 times since the hurricane, that then builds within each of us a better feeling of empathy within each of us to be able to, um, you know, be more patient with that next person and and also and also give ourselves a break too because realize you know we're all dealing with something so it kind of allows us to have that opportunity you know what you're not okay today but let me see what I can do to help you so it it's a yet thing you're not okay yet but let me help you be better exactly and let and I want to just bring up this one um point about uh, a conception a preconception we have in our community about who this impacts. We know it impacts all socioeconomic groups, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, you know, whether you are immigrant, whether you're a minority. Can you speak to that? Because I think we all like to put things in a box and maybe not at my house. Can you speak to that just a little bit more? How, you know, because a friend of mine was on the way this morning um, teachers at Holy Nativity, and I was sharing the topic, and she was saying, so, you know, bring up that a lot of families, you know, the kids may have clothes and toys, but they're still in, you know, RVs in front of their house. They've still very much been impacted, even though their parents may be doing well financially, but they too have been impacted emotionally. We do think about our our kids that are living in poverty, but children are children. Well, I would start by saying that I think what we observed after the hurricane is the devastation was cross everything, cross socioeconomic, cross cultural. um, I mean, you name it, it affected everyone. Mm -hmm. And what we observed is that you had um, in large groups, you had people who had previously been very resourced people. Um, who suddenly found themselves without, and they had never found themselves in that position before. So it was very hard for them to understand how do I resource things um, when I've never had this problem before. So, you know, and then we have our under-resourced population um, who then found themselves not just under-resourced, but under-resourced times 
now times hurricane, then times COVID. So you have a lot of different people who previously were not ever affected who were now affected. Ken, would you add to that, Amy? Uh, yeah, I, I, a story comes to mind. And I was working with a young lady who had tragically lost a friend. Uh, and so I was trying to wind up that counseling session and wanted to kind of move the topic away. So I said, well, you know, how did you guys do during the storm? And she said, oh, we did great. I said, well, wonderful. Tell me about that. Well, we're living with my aunt, and I didn't get, didn't get to see my aunt much before. And, um, and now I get to see her all the time, and I really love her. And, and, uh, and I said, well, you know, how, how, did, how did it go with your house? Oh, it was totally destroyed. <laughs> perspective. Yes, perspective. perspective. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow. But the good thing for her was that she was getting to spend more time with her family. Um, and then in talking with her further, um, she, her family was from, you know, very, very modest means, and they, they already tended to move a lot. And uh, so it wasn't something unusual for her to have to move in. But this time she got to move in with her aunt, and so that made it great. Mm -hmm. so. so that's important, and it goes back to what you were speaking to, that when this happened to you and your family, it made you reevaluate. What's important, my grandkids, my family connections, my collaboration, my taking time to, you know, repeat to myself, hey, I, I'm, I'm grateful. So um, it's important that we reevaluate, too, and we, we know how to come back to ourselves and say, you know what, I can be grateful for this present moment and a mindfulness piece. Um, I just wanted to skip back real quick and let you speak to the programs at uh, BDS, Bay District Schools. You spoke about the EAP for teachers, the educators EAP. You spoke about the triad. You spoke about the Marathon Wellness Center. What are some other programs that you can share with the community that Bay District Schools has available that parents may not be aware of right now? Well, one thing we have um, at Bay District Schools, we have a team of clinicians that are licensed uh, or registered mental health professionals that travel between the schools to offer a higher level of um, psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. oh. We also have, um, through the help of Mr. Husfeld and some community leaders, we put together a group of community providers called our Community of Care Group. These are a group of providers who have agreed to accept referrals from Bay District Schools and to serve uh, those children who uh, may need a higher level of care or are more appropriately served in a community setting. And so we have been very fortunate to, uh, we had that in place uh, for the hurricane, which was a great blessing, and they continue to be very supportive and accept referrals for our kids. Is that a unique program, the community of care program for a school district? Uh, yes, it, it was unique uh, for us to start with, and then now it is uh, catching on throughout the state. Uh -huh. um, we went down to Orlando for a conference and talked about it down there with some folks, and uh, it has caught on. And so the community providers have come together to support uh, school districts statewide. And the triad teams, is that something that other school districts are doing in our state, or is it just us? No, that is very unique. Um, we have uh, been, again, very blessed uh, to be able to secure resources to put in place a, a very broad continuum, um, you know, and uh, 
we would like for it to last a long time, but uh, you know, unfortunately, it's going to be a struggle to keep it going. I think it's um, grant funded. It's grant funded, okay. so we, you know, we will be looking for additional resources uh, because the the feedback that we've gotten from teachers and from students, administrators, and parents um, has just been extremely positive. Uh, quick story from yesterday: mm-hmm. um, we uh, had uh, contact with uh, a parent from a, um, a middle school who had heard what wonderful things the triad was doing in that middle school. And um, the parent was actually going around and, and talking about that and trying to get more referrals in for the triad at that <laughs> middle school because of the success that they were having with the students in that school. So it's something that is uh, it's having great success. Um, you know, we started off with a couple of goals uh, to uh, de- decrease discipline referrals, increase attendance. I think that those are going to be from what I can tell so far, those are going to be givens, uh, and we're, mm-hmm. we're pushing it beyond that now. I mean, we're, we're really addressing, you know, the emotional needs and the behavioral needs on, on a much greater level. Um, after the hurricane, we probably had, if my memory serves me correctly, somewhere in the neighborhood of around 1,000 um, CSE referrals for that year. We went and SCOs- up. Those are those referrals. Community of care right, referral. I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you. Um, me and my abbreviations, right, Don? <laughs> um, so, uh, I know we are talking acronyms all the time. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Thank you. And I apologize for that. But, yeah, it's our community of care. And these are students who have been identified who are in need of services. And so we started off with that after the hurricane. We went to probably close to 1,400 last school year. And then this school year, we're already over 400. And so we have been uh, very successful in identifying children in need and getting the services that they need. Now, are are many going to the life management? What type of relationship do you have with them or interaction? Uh, We have, I mean, I can't even describe how nice the relationship we have with the various community providers. You mentioned Life Management Center, uh, Florida Therapy Services, Anchorage Children's Home, Pan Care, uh, Children, yeah, Children's Advocacy Center. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving out a bunch, right? So I apologize for that. But we, they have just been uh, phenomenal since day one. Uh, you know, after the hurricane, uh, my phone was ringing, uh, community providers asking, what do y'all need? And it's been the same since. Uh, we have been very, very fortunate. We live in a wonderful community. Uh, you know, I think that we have built some resilience, you know, over the last couple of years. But that resilience has been a result of us taking care of each other. And I believe that that's something that uh, is unique to our area and makes our area stronger. And you I may agree. have some parents out there who are wondering, how can we access some of these amazing resources yes. that Bay District Schools has to offer? You know, very simple. Contact your school counselor. They are really the the linchpin of our entire um, process. They are aware of all of the supports, and they help to determine um, sort of which which lane is that student going to be best served, or lanes, because some of our students are under-resourced and they need a lot of assistance, they and their families. So quite simple, if you want to know more of how if your student or your child needs assistance, contact your school counselor, and they will be able to point you in the right direction, and that'll either be one of our community of care referrals, it could be a referral, uh, it might be something the school counselor can assist with, and it's it's all kinds of assistance that that school counselor 
can provide, not just student wellness, uh, mental health. It can all, it's, it's any number of um, resources that they can connect the student and their families to. Right, because I, my understanding is you guys work with doorways and all those. You look at the need, and I, I was talking to a parent that was sharing that you guys do look at the need first and then do the mental health services. Can you speak to that? And that'll be our last question. Just kind of how you combine that when you see if maybe a kid is homeless. I, I understand you're doing some great work like that, so I don't mm-hmm. want to leave that out. Right. Yeah, that's built into our process. Um, we have uh, on the community of care referral, you know, what what are the barriers, what are the challenges for this family, for the student to be successful? And if it's an issue such as homeless, we have a fantastic homeless department with Bay District Schools. That's what I heard. And we can refer to that department. Uh, we have access to uh, specialized treatment programs for trauma, for substance use. Um, we have... Uh, programs that are available for, for children who, not, who may not necessarily have a psychiatric illness but may have some difficulty controlling anger and that sort of thing. And so we just have some specialized resources available for them as well. But again, just to reiterate what Don said, the school counselors that we have at Bay District are, are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people get tired of me saying it, but they are a truly just a resource that needs to be continued to be tapped. I mean, we have some wonderful people in that department. Absolutely. Well, so we really appreciate the work you do because, to be honest, whenever I look at the education industry, um, it's definitely an industry where your heart has to be there. And it's really a calling. Mm-hmm. I, I really see the work you guys do mm-hmm. as a calling because it's it's high burnout. You know, I know that. And right now, after having Hurricane Michael, having a pand- pandemic, we really are at a very intense level in our community. So I just want to thank you, along with Amy, for all the work you're doing in our community um, and how tenacious you've been on bringing these uh, cutting-edge programs here and pooling together our you know, professionals to get to the kids here at school. We really appreciate the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. I you. totally thank agree. You. Yes, thank, thank you. you. We really appreciate you coming on and talking with us and letting us know about all the great things happening at Bay District Schools. I have friends that live all over the country, and there's nothing similar that their school districts are doing. And I just think that you know we need to celebrate absolutely these efforts that are going in and all the work behind the scenes to you know take care of our kids, take care of our youth. Because mm-hmm. as you know, I mean, uh, we're focused on youth success, and we've got to take care of their families too. Absolutely. And so just really thank you so much for, for being here. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. Yes, absolutely. And friends, thank you for listening. After everything our community has been through, it's so important for us to check in on each other. When you see your neighbor, your friend, coworker, whoever, we encourage you to take the time to ask them how you're doing. For more information about today's episode and other resources, visit our website, www.howyoudoing.org, or you can visit the Alignment Bay County Facebook page. How You Doing Bay County is meant for informational purposes only and should not be substituted for mental health care from a licensed professional. And last but not least, this podcast is produced by the talented students in the digital media program at Gulf Coast State College.